0: lecture twelve part two of the endowments of man by william bernard Ullathorne. this librivox recording is in the public domain lecture twelve the restoration of man part two here let us pause what makes this world so wonderful as contemplated in the light of god is its resting on the invisible force of the word of god, and its being presided over by his invisible light, of which the light of the sun is the visible symbol. The force of the eternal word by which the world and all things therein is upheld, and the light with which he enlightens every intelligence, is known to faith, and in part is understood through faith. The deeper we go into the visible things of this world the more we come upon something mysterious and unsearchable which escapes both our sense and mind everywhere we move in the midst of invisible power what we call the most solid things because they most resist our senses are capable of being changed into invisible forms in which they are much more the objects of science and science knows well that with sufficient power the whole visible world could be changed into elements invisible to mortal sense but this implies the mind and power of god if matter be so mysterious and capable of such subtle changes of form how much more profound and mysterious to us is the substance and nature of spiritual life whose effects we see whose power we feel but to whose essence we cannot penetrate and how much more is our mind and spiritual life surrounded with inexhaustible mysteries that recede on every side into eternity the word of god is behind the whole creation and embraces the whole creation upholding all things by the word of his power he is therefore described in the book of wisdom as the wisdom that reaches from end to end of all things mightily and disposes of all things sweetly the word of god is equally over the whole creation enlightening all intelligences and making what truth he chooses intelligible to us and is in the whole creation renewing all things except the minds that resist his light and the wills that use their freedom to resist his grace he was in the world says st john and the world was made by him and the world knew him not it is the test of the creations of god as opposed to the inventions of men that they everywhere rest upon unfathomable foundations and that beyond a certain depth their mystery is unsearchable but how much more sublime profound and unsearchable in its depths is that divinest of creations in which the eternal word and creator of all things takes a created nature up to his own person in which the plenitude of the Godhead dwelt bodily. High as the throne of God, profound as eternity, yet descending into the lowest depths of humanity, the incarnation of the Son of God, whilst made visible and sensible to mortal eyes and ears, is unsearchable in its elevation, unfathomable in its depths. And inexhaustible in truth and grace familiar to the faith and love of the child is he who became a child for our salvation homely in all human life as a divine friend and consoler to the poor and to the working man is he who became poor and a working man to give an example to all to the sufferer he comes as one who has suffered more, to the desolate as one who has endured greater desolation, bringing healing to their wounds, and strength to their weakness. Whilst to the humble student of divine things, and to the devout contemplative, he opens light after light, and truth after truth, and one degree of more perfect life after another, and all this truth and life of love grows day by day from him who is the divine son of truth and life yet the end is but as the beginning of the inexhaustible riches of his light and treasures of his grace but after all the light and knowledge which the most enlightened doctor and fervid saint have derived from the contemplation of this mystery be it an inspired st john or st paul or a doctor like st athanasius st augustine or st thomas they still find the stupendous mysteries receding from their sight into the regions of eternity and nothing is left but to exclaim with st paul o oh, the depths of the riches of the wisdom and of the knowledge of god how incomprehensible are his judgments and how unsearchable his ways what sublimer proof can we have of the presence of god in man and of man in god than his familiar presence with the humblest child of faith whilst of unsearchable majesty and truth to the most illuminated souls but all the works of god in creation are progressive decreed before the foundation of the world and promised after the fall the divine incarnation was delayed until man was prepared for its reception he had first to learn his own weakness his proneness to error his helplessness and misery without the grace of god death came and corruption grew and iniquity was bred from iniquity until it exceeded all measure men stopped at no evil but added new inventions of crime and idolatry to the old until human nature became insatiable of sin death more and more prevailed and corruption obtained a power that was ever on the increase the greater part of mankind became so infected with the earthly and carnal life as to lose all sight of what is spiritual so that few men could lift their minds above the visible and material heavens they placed their fictitious gods the creatures of their imagination in the sky on the mountain tops in the woods and brooks beneath the earth in the sea and by their domestic hearth the law of death reigned everywhere among the gentiles and even among the chosen and prophetic race as saint paul shows and through the weakness of human nature the law of life became to many of them a law of death the human race was perishing in soul perishing even in bodily corruption at the great centers of civilization satan seemed to be gaining his whole cause and only seemed to require time to gain possession of the whole human race of what profit would it have been to continue mankind or the world devoted to the service of man both man and the world would have failed from their final end but on the other hand to quote saint athanasius whom we shall chiefly follow in our further exposition it would be less than becoming for creatures endowed with reason and partakers by that reason of the word of god to be suffered to perish altogether it would be beneath the divine goodness to suffer creatures made by god to be totally destroyed and for no other reason than that the devil had circumvented man by craftiness was the divine art which god had exhibited in man to come to nothing because he was thoughtless and the devil crafty was the good god to suffer corruption to prevail over his perishing creatures was he to leave death to tyrannize over them for what end were they made better had they never been made than that the whole race should perish utterly god therefore consulted his own divine goodness and entered upon the work of mercy but in his justice god had proclaimed the law of death from the beginning against transgression and the sin of apostasy from his law and having proclaimed the law it must be fulfilled accordingly st paul tells us that death reigned from adam until moses even over them who had not sinned after the similitude of the transgression of adam who was a figure of him who was to come then came the law to one people revealing the death of sin but doing nothing to remove it filled with the promise but accomplishing nothing except to raise up faith and hope in the promise not yet fulfilled death must reign over man for a certain time or god would not be truthful in threatening death but is his work to perish he did not create us for ourselves for that would be our misery he did not create us to be independent of him for that would be our destruction he suffered us to fall that we might find out our native nothingness and that finding out what we are without his grace we might learn to know that without him we are poor naked blind and miserable satan appeared to succeed but god has his great work in view and has already prepared that intervention whereby he will exhibit his wisdom and goodness by drawing the greatest good out of the greatest evil the device of the tempter is allowed to work that after man has been humiliated to the very root of his nature and has experienced all his weakness the longing might revive in him for that good which the world cannot give and that from the bitter taste of himself and of this deceptive world his very discontent with himself may dispose him for better things for the image of god was yet in him however much obscured the appetite for the greater good was not extinct but had lost its sway conscience however dimmed was not dead and the sense of God's presence had not abandoned him so far, but that in solemn moments he forgot his false gods and called upon the one true God. What shall God do? He might strike men with repentance as he did the Ninevites, but repentance alone can only restrain man from evil for the time. It could not change his inward condition. It could not draw out the root of corruption it could not restore the divine likeness except through the restorative power of the word of god who made all things from nothing he alone could change corruption into incorruption he alone could give the gifts which recover men to the friendship of god he alone could enlighten the blind and heal the wounded unto death and was alone worthy to intercede through his sufferings and death for our deliverance to accomplish this sublime work of restoration the son of god who is never distant from his creatures but with his father fills all things with his presence came into this carnal and corruptible world came with the utmost benignity and showed himself openly he saw how the sentence of death passed on human transgression had gathered force from every human corruption, and how that sentence could not be removed until it had been fulfilled. He beheld how the malice of men had grown out of all measure, and how it was working with ever-increasing vehemence to the destruction of humanity, until it could be no longer tolerated he beheld all men guilty of death and without a way of deliverance moved at the spectacle and enduring no longer that death should hold his reign over humanity without limit or restraint he resolved that what he had made and enlightened with reason should not perish and was unwilling longer to permit the great design of his father in forming man to be in vain he therefore took a body like to ours in taking that body to himself it was not his only object to be seen and heard by men who were become too gross to behold him spiritually or he would have taken a more excellent body but he took a body like ours and of the same stock although he did not take it after our manner he took that body from an immaculate virgin not through the intervention of man but through the power of the holy ghost and he made that body an instrument for his service in which he might dwell through which he might make himself known by which he might claim kindred with us with which he might offer an acceptable sacrifice to his father for his brethren he received that body animated with a soul like ours that he might be in all things perfect man and in the act of its creation that humanity was united not indeed to the nature of god but to the person of the eternal word so that his human nature was and is the very humanity of the son of god his body he delivered to death, and with a supreme kindliness gave his life to the Father for all men whom he had made his brethren, that the law of death might expend its force upon him, and so be dissolved in all men who die to themselves in him, and that henceforth this law of death might have no more force over those who are made like to him he also offered his body the body remember of the son of god that through the power and virtue dwelling in that body and the grace of the resurrection from the dead he might restore our bodies after they are gone to corruption and might recall them from death to life destroying death utterly as the stubble is destroyed by fire where the sovereign reigns in grace and power there is order peace and security from hostile foes but the great evil that had befallen the kingdom of this world was the alienation of its sovereign lord and master from his subjects through their own perversity which left them a prey to death and satan when therefore the lord of life turned once more in mercy to the world and took up his dwelling with us in our nature the hostile powers were checked and turned back at his presence death was encountered by life and eternal peace restored what can be imagined more worthy the divine goodness than this sublime conduct of the son of god how infinite his condescension to his fallen creatures what a mighty antagonist to the spirit of evil is the Lord of life! He makes himself a member of the human race to expel the evils which have taken possession of his brethren. By his teaching he corrects their ignorance. By his virtue and power he restores all that they have lost to them. All this is confirmed by the inspired words of St. Paul, who tells us, the charity of christ presseth us judging this that if one died for all then all were dead and christ died for all that they also who live may not now live to themselves but unto him who died for them and rose again if then any be in christ a new creature the old things are passed away behold, all things are made new. But all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself in Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Then the Apostle in another epistle gives us the reason why the Son of God, and not another, should be our redemption and salvation. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the sufferings of death crowned with glory and honour that through the grace of god he might taste death for all for it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things who had brought many children into glory to perfect the author of their salvation by his passion for both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren after this the apostle proceeds to show why the word of god should take our nature to secure our redemption therefore because the children are partakers of flesh and blood he also himself in like manner hath been partaker of the same that through death he might destroy him who had the empire of death that is to say the devil and might deliver them who through the fear of death were all their lifetime subject to servitude of what use is our existence unless we can obtain the object of our existence if we cannot come to the knowledge of god for whom we were created our life is empty and vain how can we be the full partakers of reason unless we know the word of the father who is the reason of god of whose reason we are made partakers if ignorant of him we use our reason upon nothing but earthly things we bring ourselves down with our reason to the level of the animal creation but god made us partakers of his own image of the eternal word of his reason to lift us in mind and heart above this earth by the wealth of this gift he made us capable of receiving the word of god the perfect image of the father into our soul that through that image of the Father we might know the Father. For no one hath seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. A gift such as the image of God in our soul ought to have been sufficient of itself to keep us in the knowledge of God, since it is an implanted reflection of his own eternal word but against the neglect of that self-knowledge which brings us to the knowledge of god god provided for us another and an external way of knowing him in his works and even against the neglect of that evidence in which the eternal word speaks to us from every side he provided another and more human way of bringing us to know him the divine word spoke through his prophets he clothed with sanctity and power and although the prophets were sent directly to the sons of israel who rejected and persecuted them they were not sent to them alone but to leave their teaching for a light to the world at large both as regards the knowledge of god and the conduct of life but if men neither recognized god through the reflection of his image within them nor through his law written in their conscience nor in the works created through his eternal word however many and various with which he surrounded them nor in that conduct of his providence in which through his creative word he upholds and moves all things and guides them to man's service nor in the word of god speaking his truth wisdom and will through his prophets if despite of all these manifestations of the benignity and humanity of god the race of man is still conquered and subdued by the present delights of the world and the flesh and by the delusions and seductions of demons worshipped and obeyed in place of god if so far from opening their eyes to the truth they only sink deeper and deeper into blindness, vice, and crime, until they seem no longer to possess their natural reason. What does this prove but that they stand in absolute need of an internal renovation of that likeness to God in which they were created, and of a restoration of that likeness to God, which is beyond the power of any creature to effect the word of god himself came therefore into the world that as the very image of the father he might repair the image of god in man and restore to him the likeness of god no mere man could do this because he is only made to the image of god no angel could do this because he is not the image of the father no one could do this but he who is the one sole image of the father and as this could not be done unless death and corruption be first destroyed he took human nature with which first to destroy death and sin and then to restore man to god's image and likeness if a great artist makes a good likeness of some great personage on a valuable material and that likeness becomes defaced it cannot be renewed on that same material unless both the person whose likeness it was and the artist who made the likeness be again present to recover the likeness the material in this case is the human soul the original of the likeness is the word of god the express image of the father and the artist is the same word of god who formed the likeness in the beginning if then man is to be restored the son of god must first remove the damage and then restore the likeness as the gospel says the son of man is come to seek and to save that which was lost who again could have effected this restoration but he who knows what is in the mind and soul of man who but he who moveth all things and through their movement makes the father known he says of this himself all things are delivered to me by my father and no one knoweth who the son is but the father and who the father is but the son and they to whom the son shall reveal him but this revelation is made through all the works of the word of god therefore as men had ceased to look up to heaven as they looked but to earthly and human things or to the similitudes of earthly and human things the son of god took a human soul and body that through visible works done in the body men might know the son of god and through the son the father also having lost the sight and sense of divine wisdom in its spiritual purity that wisdom came to men as a man and with all the infirmities of man yet in the person and power of god that they who had lost the divine sense of wisdom might be brought back to that wisdom through their human sympathies this is what st paul says seeing that in the wisdom of god the world through wisdom knew not god it pleased god by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believed as a man among men the word of god took hold of men by their senses that they who put their senses foremost and judge of all things chiefly through their senses might be led back through those very senses of the body to the word of truth. If they looked with admiring eyes on the visible creation, they saw that very creation confessing its Lord and Maker and obeying his commands. For our Saviour wrought such miracles in nature as no man had ever done, and wrought them as the Son of God and Master of all things if men were devoted to evil spirits they saw him expel those spirits from the possession of men and might know by his command of them that the demons are not gods if they gave themselves to superstitious worship of the dead they saw him rising from the dead and exhibiting his mastery of death but the son of god came for a yet greater work and to remove our errors or even to expel our sins he exhibits to us his divine character and his sublimer work where he says i am the way the truth and the life he is the way through which we pass to god and he gives us his truth and life that we may pass to god that as saint paul has told us Christ may dwell by faith in your hearts, that being rooted and founded in charity, you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, to know also the charity of Christ, which surpasseth all knowledge, that you may be filled unto all the fullness of God let no one imagine that the son of god is enclosed in his body so as not to be elsewhere he was not so engaged in the work done in the body as to leave the universe without his creative support and his active providence for the word contains all things but is contained by none whilst he is in all things by his action and influence in his own divine nature he is above all things his power is in all he administers to all and expands his providence over all gives light to all who have light and life to all who have life but he wholly exists in his father alone the human soul must still abide with the body whilst it contemplates things at a distance we contemplate the heavenly bodies, for example, and watch their movements, although confined to the body and unable to influence or move what we contemplate. But it was in no such way that the Son of God was in his body. He was in the body and in all things, and was at the same time exterior to all things, and reposed in the Father alone contemplate then this unbounded mystery of the eternal word in all its length and breadth and height and depth how he who acted as man is in the person of god how as the word of the father he gave light and life to all and how as the son he was always with the father his human nature was framed by the holy ghost in the virgin mary and that virginal body of the mother of god suffered nothing at his birth nor was defiled but made more holy by the mystery and although as the word of god he is present in all things he partakes not of them but all things live and are fostered by his influence for as the sun which he created and placed in the heavens gives its light and quickening influence to the earth yet is neither defiled nor obscured by earthly things whilst it enlightens and purifies whatever is on the earth much more did the most holy word of god make himself known in the body without being defiled by the body but free from all corruption he gave life and purity to the body who did no sin neither was guile found in his mouth yet he was born and suffered as a man and died and there might be every kind of proof that he was man as well as god he did not offer himself therefore at once to death upon his coming but first exhibited his human life and spoke his divine word and manifested his divine works that when he came to his sacrifice he might be known to be the son of god and when the jews treated him as a man but refused to accept him as the son of god he said to them if i do not the works of my father believe me not but if i do though you will not believe me believe the works that ye may know and believe that the father is in me and i in the father who that saw him change water into wine could doubt that he was the lord of both who that saw him walk on the sea as on the land and still the angry storm by command could question his dominion over the elements who that saw him feed the hungry multitudes with a small quantity of bread and beheld with astonishment the quantity remaining, could mistake him for any other than the Lord of that providence which provides for all things. Who that beheld him healing the sick with a word, curing the blind and maimed with a touch, or raising up the dead with a command, could doubt his being the Lord and Master of life and death. End of lecture 12, part 2.